1: Well, it's a Tuesday. We made it through Monday. Cubs won again last night. Ten innings, 3-2. I couldn't believe it. I I watched the first eight innings start heading into bed, checked out my phone just before I went to bed, and the guy that had come up at the top of the ninth inning for Seattle hit a, hit a dinger, tied it up 2-2. Two two. I looked at my wife, and I said, I knew Fulmer was going to give up a, a you know tater. I just knew that he'd do it. He did. And uh but Nico Horner, gonna be a big star for the Cubbies, uh, came through with a base hit at the bottom of the of the tenth inning and drove in uh the runner and the Cubbies win last night uh three two. Don't know what Saint Louis did. Saint Louis's been off to a rocky start this year and uh they're in last place in the central right now. They won't finish up there, you don't have to worry about that. They're gonna do well. Uh by the time the end of the season's over. I mean we're we're ten games into a hundred and sixty two games. So it's <laughs> like we just—we haven't even started, really. To be honest, I—I uh, I will not be here a week from Friday, and then I come back the following Tuesday. My—my uh, my son-in-law gifted me for Christmas with tickets about three rows off of the batters' uh, batters uh, on deck circle by the Cub dugout, That's and like uh, we fun. We're going up to Chicago and go to Wrigley Field, so I'm looking forward to that. Been kind of keeping my eye on the weather up there in Chicago. They said the high that day will be mostly sunny in 57 degrees with the uh, wind at about 10 out of the west, which just means it's got to it's blow through the bleachers to get to you, so it shouldn't be too bad. If it was coming out of the north, I'd be telling my wife, put on your long john. <laughs> it's going to be cold in Chicago. If it comes off the lake, it's cold. I saw today uh, in the dim gas as I opened up my, my computer tablet and was looking at the front page and then looking at the front page of the Arkansas section that they have a story today about the storms that uh, struck here maybe what, two weeks Friday, I guess it would be, uh, has caused some mental health issues for people. What a big surprise. I mean, it was pretty evident that there was a problem when that Monday they started talking about weather coming into the area and it could be a repeat again. And I could just tell by talking to people around here at the station, people were nervous about it, making them nervous. So I I decided I wanted to do a a show on this. So I asked Buster and Crystal Lackey to come on. They do the Center Health and uh, Wellness Show on saturdays at one o'clock right here on the radio station i've known them now for a couple what two three years now
2: oh uh, I, I actually i think it's actually been longer than Has that it longer it's than actually that? been about about probably about five now wow but 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 time there was fast there was there was covid in there so it's like there's yeah. sort of always that that pause in time that doesn't exist
1: yeah that's true and and, and let's speak about that just for a moment today the uh the president is signing an executive order uh saying that covid is over now it's we're officially done with over, it's, huh? officially, it's over. officially over how do you feel about that buster well, you went through hell with <laughs> covid
3: i did long time uh, stay in the hospital with the icu and then much longer time stay at home so uh, i i i wish it would have never been here <laughs> yeah
1: well you know i i've gone through this this Surgery for my foot, and it's had me on the scooter for five weeks. And um I can't imagine being stuck at home for a year. I'm I'm going, burnt, yeah, you know, bananas at my house.
3: Well, you know, for a long time I had to lug around a an oxygen, oxygen tank. Yeah, oxygen tank, and
2: that was that was super fun. Of course, you know, I didn't want to, to take it up and down the stairs.
3: Oh, I'm oh, sure. yeah, 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 the big one, yeah. Yeah, and that, and of course, I didn't want to be on it. So when I tried to get off of it, and I. Passed out. <laughs> oh, really? You really needed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just for looks. I mean, yeah. it was. Yeah. It was really there for a while. It was pretty touch and go, and that's what I was dependent on to help me breathe. You got scared, didn't you? I got scared. Yeah. You know. I. You know. But you know, I, I, to be honest, I really never did get scared through the process.
2: I, we, had a, we had a big piece during we the process. We had a big
3: piece, and I had some great staff over at Baptist here in, in the ICU. Uh, Hannah, my nurse, mm-hmm. and, and some of those guys, They just, they took care of me. Good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, usually, you know, we're both in the medical field, so usually when one's going to the hospital, there's always one of us there. Yeah. Or I've my mom's a nurse. Been she's been there. there, you know. Yeah. My mother-in-law. Someone's always there with us in the room. Uh-huh. This is the first time when no one could be in the room with me. Mm-hmm. Which I think was a huge mistake.
1: I do too. Well. I think a lot of people died because of that.
3: You know, I, I refuse to let them put me on a ventilator. Good for you. And uh, that's we, we got into several heated discussions with my doctor. <laughs> Crystal got into several heated discussions with the medical staff about different things. But, um, you know, I just, I was watching. You, you, you go on a ventilator, your brain shuts down, you're no longer thinking, no longer engaged, you're no longer a person, you're just laying there. Mm-hmm. And then sooner or later, they're zipping a body bag.
1: I did that with my son. Yeah. All right. My son got COVID, and he was only 44 years old. Wow. It, it killed him. Yeah. It killed him. He was he was, he was, was getting better. Mm-hmm. They'd taken him off the respirator, all that stuff. And then he still had some kind of infection in his mm-hmm. lung, and they wanted to know what it was, and so they were going to do a biopsy and, uh, and find out what it was. And as they were doing the biopsy, he had a massive heart attack, and it killed him. Mm. Wow. So yeah. uh, that was kind of a surprise because we – I'll be honest, I thought he was going to die when he was on the ventilator.
2: Right. You oh, know,
1: yeah. I yeah. really did.
2: COVID was sneaky that way, though. It was, um, you know, people would look like they had an uptick, and they were and they were doing fine. Right before he went to the hospital, actually, the day before, he had actually made massive improvement. And then the next day, he tanked. And I was like, we have – I have to take you. I can't. I can't take care of you. Yeah, care. I can't just sit here and watch yeah. what's going down. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I think – my favorite I, I don't you know some of this is it's sketchy because I can't remember a lot of it but you know my fever got to like 105 something
2: when when they took his temp um, that's while when we were they still talk the part, about really cons- dangerous stuff at yeah, 105 it was, 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 was 105.6 oh so you were he was the, frying
3: yeah your brain was frying yeah. oh yeah and I was uh, I was hallucinating <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was, I got, you know Apparently, according to my medical staff, I, the higher my temp got, the the funnier I got. So I was <laughs> like, "Hey, oh, yeah. doing little, he's doing some beat of magical I, I mystery." I perform here <laughs> every Saturday night <laughs> at yeah, six. <laughs> I got you. By
1: the way, I, Chris, I've noticed you're sure to like it. You got the line to David on the phone. Yeah. you I like that. Uh huh. Thanks. See, how much? How much did
3: faith play in? Oh, your one thousand percent. A
2: thousand percent.
3: We actually had people uh, praying for us and lifting us up and, mm-hmm. and calling Crystal. It's, over so many happened it was calling texting a day that she had to just finally go to Facebook and just start making a daily Facebook post because she couldn't so catch I, up and yeah I
2: actually so I was sick at home with COVID yeah and <laughs> was you know so I'm but which and, I didn't know and I, and I felt really you no know, he wasn't allowed to know and and I, I felt, you know, the Lord really impressed on my heart to to do a, a video. The last thing in the world I wanted to do was do a day. And so I did daily video updates and I was coaching people. This is how we're going to pray. Uh-huh. Because when I left him at Baptist, I mean, literally they're like wheeling him away. I didn't even really have a chance to say goodbye, nothing. And I'm in my car going home from the hospital weeping and I'm weeping in my car I'm surprised my neighbors didn't call and check on me because I was loud and and I was just I was I was screaming and yelling at God in the shower and I was like I don't understand and just so quietly and stilly while I was, I'm standing there um, I felt him say you know in my spirit um, he's going to come out of this not even smelling of smoke and so at that point um, I purpose that no matter what I saw no matter what I heard, no matter what anybody said, that I was going to stand on the word of the Lord. And so I coached everybody how to pray every day. This is this is what we're seeing in the natural. This is what we're going to pray over him. And and we watched the power of prayer, and we watched um, people's prayer lives change. Um, it was very humbling for us to get to be a part of that um, because people said, you know, that was it was a faith builder for them what we went through mm-hmm. and you know, and the Lord really coaching them how to pray um, and not to pray from a place of being pitiful, but a, a place of, of power and favor before the throne. All right. So,
4: yeah.
1: All right. Well, let, let's talk about, there's a lot of people I believe that are out listening to the show today that have gone through this last storm that we went through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here in Little Rock, we're not used to tornadoes touching down mm-hmm. and tearing right. everything up. That was the first time since 1999, I believe. It stayed on the ground for 31 and a half miles. We had the National Weather Service on talking about that. So it went across west, Little Rock. It went across north, Little Rock. Mm-hmm. It cut across 67, went to the south of Jacksonville, and then uh, touched on the uh, backside of Cabot. Right. And then it lifted up and went on. And then another one, uh, I don't know if it was the same. Uh, storm cell or not uh, spawned another tornado that touched down in warren mm-hmm. and tore warren a, a whole new mm-hmm. you know future to be right. honest uh tore their school apart did you read the story in the paper about the, s- the teacher talking about he just taken the kids out of the school
3: mm-hmm. and got them into safety and the, touch- the tornado touchdown i, if, I if didn't They had read been that, there; they'd be dead right now but we've, mm-hmm. I've, we've got some Friends that are pastors up there that we've been in contact with, and his wife teaches at the school and was telling us.
1: Okay, so how is it going for them? I mean, we've got the same problems here. I mean, we've got kids that I guess they got got back in school this week. Mm -hmm. They couldn't go the week right after the, the tornado because it touched a lot of these schools and did damage and things of that nature. Are you hearing from people, people calling you and
3: saying, hey, can you give me some help on this? So we've had a few calls come in and stuff, but you know what? I think what what, what we have to remember is that our kids are going to follow us. Okay. You know they're going to they're going to if we're panicked they're going to be panicked. I mean obviously when you got that type of storm coming through we're all panicking. I mean we're all trying to scramble. We're all trying to preserve life and protect our kids and get to our kids. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we for us. You know, our oldest daughter uh, is up in the Branson area, so at the same time, roughly, mm-hmm. our, this tornado was going through. We had a tornado up there. Oh, really? Then we I had our middle then. child and was in. She was in Chicago. Chicago, and, and she's calling us, telling us that they that had bad There's a, tor- a tornado up there, and she didn't know. She's in a high rise hotel. What to do? Whatever. So, so we had three kids that were not with us that and, we were trying to protect because we wow. were actually
2: we were actually traveling. Yeah. We were so we were in uh the Dallas Fort Worth airport while all this was going on. Our baby, um, she was, you know, staying with grandparents, you know, last week and um she was in you know, she was texting us, you know, she goes to a school here in central Arkansas and um Yeah, yeah it was it was a really odd thing for us because we were we could see and we were watching what was going sure. on. Um at one point, you know, on the news they actually showed like the funnel cloud and I'm like, Oh, that's right behind our neighborhood, and it was it was really odd.
3: And we're, of course, I'm getting all these alerts from the police department wanting me to respond because I. But I'm like, oh, yeah. Because you know, not being here made it even more stressful for me because yeah. we were out. But I think what we had to to look at is being in a storm, a tornado. It, it's frightening.
4: Well, yeah, you're out, you out know, of
3: control. It's there, we have no control. You, there is no. Control. And I think that yeah. Then, then after the storm blows over, and now we start seeing the aftermath. Houses destroyed, pets lost, killed, whatever. Um, now, the kids are watching mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad is very stressed mm-hmm. because they're trying to put their life back together. Uh, they're trying to figure out where their life has been blown all over the neighborhood. Or, you know, we've read stories of even forty, fifty miles away, people's finding people's checkbooks and and things. It's just uh, unbelievable.
1: Wildest story we know, and and uh, Aaron shared it with me. Uh, the uh, tornado that hit the, the high school in Warren mm-hmm. tore up all of the uh, football field, you know, grass, uh, yeah. the mm-hmm. fake turf. They found it in Tennessee. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. that's, that's five hours
3: away. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think children's reactions to like tornadoes and things the aftermath are strongly influenced by our parents about how we respond and i think that the caregivers have to have coping mechanisms but we also have to remember that we're the way we handle stress is the way our kids are going to ha- handle it and how they're going to watch it for the future all right so how should you be handling the stress
1: we'll find out buster and crystal are here they're going to tell you they can give you some working a- around uh, issues and how to do that when we come back i had to get one uh, we lived in uh, Pleasant Ridge first three years we were here over mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. by the big, yep. you know, the big uh, mall and all that. And you uh, couldn't have anything, but we could get down low enough that I thought we were fairly s- uh, safe. But uh, when I moved out to Cabot, uh, we live up on the ridge that looks down on Greystone. Yeah, so I told Linda, I said, just for you. <laughs> i'm getting am getting a storm shelter because that stuff doesn't f- phase me that much mm. i'm I'm one of those people that I figure if it's my time it's my time if it's not it's not yeah right. I don't even worry about it. so anyway uh I told uh, although it reminds me the pastor said to the, to the guy who was complaining that God didn't take good care of him in fact it was Peter in heaven and it, it had been a big a big uh, uh Blood, and uh, a boat came by. And uh, they said, "Come on, get in the boat. We'll take you to safety." And he didn't get. He says, I'm, "I'm fine, no problem." So he he went up to the to the rooftop, and he was waiting for, you know, Lord to save him. And a helicopter came by,
4: uh-huh.
1: and he wouldn't get on the helicopter and go to safety. And he drowned. <laughs> right. You know, and he ended up in heaven, and he was complaining to quote Peter. And Peter looked at him and says, "Well, we sent you a boat. We sent you a helicopter. You know what else do you, <laughs> what want, else from you want That's exactly right. There is
2: there is wisdom. <laughs> there there is wisdom on that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So what do you what are you telling people that are are saying like on that Friday when it all happened? Whether you were at Ground Zero or you were away from Ground Zero, you were affected by what you saw. Absolutely, right. absolutely. All right, and It's something to keep in mind. And then you hear on Monday." Well, we could have a weather system coming in that's a repeat of what we had on Friday mm-hmm. and people got nervous. I mean, I I knew that was a, a case and I had I had Mayo on from Channel 7. I had the National Weather Service on. We had a storm chaser on. We had all kinds of mm-hmm. people on just to keep right. people up to date on the on the weather, trying to put them at ease a little bit. Mhm. There's no, I don't think, putting people, Eddie, you say we're getting nervous. What do you tell people like that? How do you tell them to get it into? Well, you
3: know, if, right before the break, we we'll talked kind of about the kids, right? Yeah. And I think here's some common things that we're seeing with the kids right now. Um, feelings of anxiety and fear, worry. I mean, I mean, these are common expected things, right? Um You know, children may have increased fears about separation from their parents now. You know, we'll see – we'll have especially younger kids not wanting to go to school because Mm -hmm. they're leaving mom and dad because last time they left mom and dad, they almost didn't see them again, you know. Right. Um, They become clingy, in other words, you know. Um, Anxiety over uh, future storms. When will this come again? Mm -hmm. You know, the next rainstorm we have, it's going to spike some anxiety in some of the kids, whether it's a a thunderstorm or just –
2: and even the adults, truthfully, That's true. I mean, yeah, you know? I mean, these
3: are kind of interchangeable. But this is really, you know, what we're seeing. And because we all we, we all had that anxiety, that fear, and then it was over. You know, we had a a friend of ours has a friend that was the power lines fell on Ronnie Perum and trapped her in her car. Oh, okay. And she, so you know, she's got a whole different perspective because she was trapped by arcing power lines and couldn't get out. The fire department had to get her out. You know. Um. And then you know, then she was then she had to walk home, and she was worried about walking home. You know, just uh, all these things that were going through our heads. But we'll see some behavior changes, and we're already seeing some of this. Some of the kids, especially that I work with at the clinic, positive or negative? Uh, negative. Okay. Behavior changes. And uh, it, it may be as little as just increased activity. They're just really hyper now. Um, decreased concentration and attention. They can't focus. Um, Irritability is uh, is through the roof. I had a couple of kids last night I was talking with, and their parents, like, ever since the storm came through, they're just so irritable, they're mad. because they lost their house, they lost their car, they, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's like all, all this things. energy yeah. that you
2: just don't know what to do with. I kind the- of wonder, um, actually, like, with not just kids but with adults, so kind of, you know, you have all that just excess, like, anxiety energy. Like, it needs to go somewhere. Um, you know, if we kind of did, like, some, like – in kids we call it heavy work tasks um or you know did like some go like go to the gym like go do something physical to kind of help with some of that because we always talk about how um, physical health and mental health and i kind of wonder if that could be some useful things
3: oh yeah um but then we also see withdrawals symptoms uh anger outbursts uh and aggression so these kids you know they're because they're, they're, they're trying to get it out. They don't know how to get it out, right? Right. Then the other thing that you know, we're seeing is physical side. Stomach aches, back pains, neck pains. I mean, these are just things that k- adults but also kids are experiencing. And then we have kids that just want to relive it over and over and over, which is not good. You know, It's, it's, it's good to talk about it, but when they start, it's, it's, it's all they talk about. That's their, their main focus. Then we have to try to figure out how to deal with that. You know? Yeah. Yeah
1: to get to them talking to something else. Hey, Buster and, and Crystal Lackier are here. Their show is the Center uh, Health and Wellness Show. It's on uh, here on uh, 1011 on uh, Saturdays at 1 o'clock. You can hear them this coming Saturday, of course. And they're going to talk about some of what we're talking about today. So I don't want to use all of their stuff. Hey, you know. well. <laughs> there's, there's there's plenty of material, there's, trust exactly. me. Exactly, <laughs>
3: there's so much.
2: <laughs> as, as
1: far as all this is concerned. But l- let's talk about Let's go back and talk about the kids again. Uh, this is a time when parents got to learn how to give a little bit more grace to their kids. But, you know, it's tough for the parents, too. I mean, yep. I can't imagine going through something like that. And it would take me about two days to finally for it to sink in yeah all my earthly possessions basically are gone and, yeah. I,
2: and I think that's the thing is like a, as a parent or as an adult is we have to wrap our mind around things that's that's really difficult a, a thing that you really can't wrap, wrap, wrap your mind around and kind of process and pull it together so that you can like buster was talking about um you know sort of be a little bit more level and then be able to also I think be a little bit frank with your kids and say hey listen we're going to be dealing with some feelings right now and there's there's going to be a lot of you know things that we don't normally feel or deal with and like that's that's okay and that's normal you know um I think that's a that's a difficult thing to balance as an adult
3: it is and our kids are watching us mm-hmm. so they're watching how we treat each other right now they're watching uh-huh. how how you know so they're learning from us uh, and we have to be aware of that. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think how is
2: it acceptable to yeah, ha, you know, behave right now?
3: Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think um, you know what I w- what I ha- have kind of advised from the folks I've been talking to. You know, it's just hold off making any major decisions right now. You're still kind of shell shocked, so let's just kind of hold off. There's no rush. I mean, yes, I understand mm-hmm. you've lost your house and everything, but there's you know, only so much you can do. Just slow down. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, avoid making any unnecessary life-altering decisions during the stressful situation, the st- stressful period. You know, uh, I told a couple the other day, I said, just d- quit quit fighting, quit fussing, quit quit talking about getting divorced because you wasn't doing this before the tornado. I, I, I understand you lost everything in this, but you're going to rebuild it. Oh, yeah. You know, you know it, it will all come together. And, I mean, one good thing about Arkansas is – we are a close-knit state, and we do take care of each other. So I think there's a, there's a lot of resources coming down. There's a lot of things being pushed out. Um, and at- I think
2: something for people to understand and to recognize is that it's okay, and it's not, it's not even just okay to accept help. It's proper, and you can't always be the giver. Sometimes you have to be the receiver.
3: And,
1: and sometimes we just have to shut our mouth and listen. Mm -hmm. You know what? I've been going through that here for the last five weeks. Mm Let me explain what I'm talking about. I'm on a scooter, okay? I'm not supposed to be walking on this foot. And I haven't. I've been doing really good. I've been following the doctor's directions. But the hardest part for me Mm -hmm. is my wife doing everything for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It puts you in a different position.
1: Not supposed to be this way. Yeah. I'm the one who takes care of things. You know, I take care of her. She don't take care of me. Yeah. She got mad at me the other day. She goes, do you remember the vows we took? I was, Dave, uh, that's exactly
2: <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, do you remember there were vows And I said, yeah, you...
1: I know what you're saying. I'm just telling you what I'm feeling.
2: Yeah. And, it's, and, I, I, and I think it's okay for you to feel that way, but it's also like... You have to go, okay, I need to accept this from her because otherwise it's like, you know, we just, we have to, we have to learn how to, how to ebb and flow and give and take. And things, there's problems when things get too one sided. If you're always taking. Yeah. And that's a different topic for a different day. um, You know, that's a, (laughs) (laughs) that's an issue. But also, we, I mean, we can't always be the giver.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for, and, and, and also, If you're a person out there and you have a friend that's going through a tough time, how do you offer help? How do you offer assistance to them? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want Mm -hmm. them to feel guilty for taking your help.
2: Yeah. Well, we have a friend, actually, that is staying with us at the moment. Um, Her, you know, um, home was damaged. And uh, we actually, though, we didn't really ask her um, because, of course, you know, we were and we said, um, go to our house, and and we told her, yeah, um, because we 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 knew we probably needed to take the choice away, um, because she would feel you know, you know I don't well, I don't want to impose. I said, hey, we've got a free house sitter now, so it's fine, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, they we town, so
3: it's like perfect. You yeah, know? good. Can, can feed the dog twice a day. But right. <laughs> you know, <I laughs> but gotcha. you know that, that's yeah. true because, w- I mean, we pretty did. I mean, pretty much, we just told her. The house is yours. Go.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And when we did that, uh, I think it opened up her stress level uh, or d- diminished her stress level some right. to the point where it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about housing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I do have to worry about. I got a bed. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to worry about everything else. But, but, but this is one thing off my housing. plate.
2: Kind of going back to where we were talking about COVID, but, you know, before, um, and it, it plays in here. Um, people always go. Well, if you need anything, ask. And mm-hmm. sometimes in the middle of a thing, you don't. I don't even know what I need right now. And the best thing that ever happened to me—not um, the best thing, obviously, it was prayer. But you know, but but practically, Gee, Dave, I
3: thought I was the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are <laughs> the best thing. Okay. Besides
2: that one, um, but people would would text me and say, "Hey, we're dropping off a meal at your front door. Um, we'll text you when it's there." Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: that's the way to do and, it. And
2: it was and, – and they weren't like, well, what do you want? What do you – because I couldn't even think. Um, I didn't know what I wanted. You I'm may like.
1: not even want to say what you need yeah. to oh, somebody. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And,
2: and, and honestly, and during those moments, I didn't actually – somebody would go, what do you need? And it was like – it was just blank. My, my head was blank because it was like there were lots of things that I needed, but I couldn't think of any of them. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the, I think sometimes the best thing is you see somebody and just say, hey, listen – I'm gonna I'm gonna bring over a gift card, you know, here's a Domino's pizza gift card. Um, go get some pizza tonight, you know, whatever that's it is. That's a good
3: thing. That's a good idea. Pizza well, happens every time. With our friend that's staying with us, uh, she's like, I'll just gonna I'll just sleep in the the formal we have a formal living room. She goes, I'll just sleep on that couch and I'll be fine. I said, We've got three empty bedrooms, yeah. Yeah. our kids <laughs> are in college, you know, why we only have one at Pick home. One. I said, what my gosh, you know and uh, she's like well no i don't want to put y'all out and i said yeah you're not putting us out i said you're the one that's out we're trying to help you you know and yeah even if you're out though the, the thing is you feel guilty I, about she does. asking yep and I, we tell her don't don't your family right if we didn't want you here you wouldn't be here <laughs> right we want to do this for you you know but it was just funny last night we we're like You're not sleeping on the couch, you know. Right. I'm. I'm good. I said no. You might be good, but (laughs) we got we got beds upstairs, you know. Right. It's just. I mean, I guess I'd be the same way. I don't want to put anybody else out. Sure. And I, you know, but this is this is a little different than just. You
2: have to let people love you. Yeah. You have to let people love you. You
3: That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But, But we're not we're not accustomed to doing that. As
1: it says, it's more blessed to give than mm-hmm. it is to receive. Yep. I think God knew that a lot of us don't really want to receive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something well, we because he created
3: do. us to be independent. Yep. And, you know, get the job done and, you know. And I think that's where we we really have to look at the at the bottom. we got to be that role model for somebody mm-hmm. and say, look, here's my house. You know, here's my car. Whatever you need, you know. And and let's just get it fixed. You know, you, you got to get to work. Here's the car. Yeah, you know, or whatever it looks what, like. Yeah,
2: know. whatever that is, and whatever you know. Some and sometimes you know it's not even saying anything. I think sometimes it's you know going up and and just giving somebody a hug.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, just just giving them some some love. That somebody um, cares. That somebody cares. Um you know well it was a
3: I- nice sunday after church we had easter dinner you know at my, my mom and dad's house mm-hmm. and then we went to her mom and dad's house later that day you know but i think what it, our, our 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 new family that's living with us just went with us mm-hmm. good you know and it was like we just broke bread together and shared a meal and laughed and talked and for for a few moments try to make her life
4: no normal again
3: you know yep. Because she can't go home, she can't get into her house. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're telling her it's probably not going to be structurally sound. So that
1: you know. means she'll be torn down yeah. and a new one erected. And they won't mm-hmm. let her go
3: in because there's no power and gas and all this stuff that they're, you know. So I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible for her. So let's just try mm-hmm. to make it as, as some normalcy as possible to help her get back into a routine of life.
1: All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, have our final segment with Buster and Crystal. Uh, Kim Hammer, state senator, will be with us in the next hour. Talk about the session that just uh, you know finished up on Friday. And then at 9 o'clock from the uh, Heritage Foundation, uh, we'll be talking to, uh, I think, Dr. Carifano, And he's going to talk about how do we deal with China. That's something we got to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show as well. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. My good friend Eric Coleman waits for you to come over and visit him. He's at 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E. He's open Monday through Saturdays. At 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., I've known Eric now over a decade. He's the guy to go see. I mean, you want the highest quality jewels? Uh, you ask ask to see rubies. I just dare you go see him. Said, "Hey, can you show me some rubies?" And he'll reach under the counter and pull out this huge tray of ruby You go nuts. If you like rubies, you go nuts. If you like emeralds, you can go. You, you, diamonds, he can do it with just about every stone that's out there uh, for you to take a look at. Uh, If you're not uh, looking for something that's created by Eric, he's got display cases full of material that uh, has already been made that you can look at and pick from. I keep reminding you, Mother's Day is not that far away. And then if you need repairs and cleaning, he can do that as well. He wants to be your jeweler. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Again, 3000 Cavanaugh, Sweet E. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. You stop by, see Eric Coleman today. All right, back with you, final segment. We've got eight minutes here to 8 o'clock, and Buster and Crystal are going to finish up with this. Don't forget to hear their show on Saturdays at 1 p.m. And, uh, again, if you have a question, you can call in. Uh, you know, I got away from taking a lot of calls and now it's like nobody wants to call. <laughs> it, that doesn't mean I don't want to talk to you. I mean, I, you you want to talk to us, 501 823 So what what do you suggest? What, what should people really be zeroing in on now, Buster, Crystal?
3: Well, one is that we, we need to watch our conversations because little ears here. Okay. And, you know, it, it, what we're talking about, the storm, what we're talking about, recovery, you know, can, can set off a frightening appearance uh, in our children uh, because they don't understand when we say we, we're never going to be able to get our house back. Well, not that house maybe. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're not going to move into another right. house no. or we build or be whatever. Little, you'll be able to move. And then, you know, it, it, because the children's been displaced, uh, or because you've been displaced, you've got you to gotta create something to, to, so there's no boredom. Because they've lost their their favorite toy or favorite doll or whatever. So you've got to create that new environment for them so they feel safe and secure. Uh, and then seek professional help. It's okay not to be okay. You know, I, I, we say that all the time. And I think
2: – You don't have to have all the answers within yourself. No. Uh,
3: because no one's got all the answers. I mean, I know we're on the answer, but we don't have all the yeah. answers. Yeah. You know? Uh, we uh, are
2: made to live in community. Yeah. We really are. And, and that's, you know, you seek, that, you seek that outside help. Because sometimes, you know, when you're in the middle of a situation, there's always, you know, we, we kind of have blinders and we have blind spots. And, and there's always going to be things in your situation that you can't see. And so it's so helpful when you've got someone that's got an outside perspective um, where they can kind of have that 30,000-foot view and go, okay, you know.
3: And I think the, the next thing is just be patient. Be patient. Everybody wants it now.
1: Well, it's not going to get done now. Right. It's not. Because everybody has been destroyed, so now right. it's going to take a so long time. It's,
2: and you can either be – you can freak out and be miserable in the waiting, or you can learn to rest in it. And I think – and it's challenging. That's not easy, and that's not our nature.
3: Well, I think we have to look for the positives right now. Yeah. And not the absolutely. negatives. Absolutely. You know, uh, there are so many negatives that, so, I mean, we could just – we and can never focus – asked them if we if we mm. let ourselves but we had to we have to focus on the positives and we have to, to know that we have to be hopeful yeah that this is going to get better
2: right it's about how you frame you yeah. know it's about really how you frame you know is you know you can say like you were talking about you know focusing on that negative all of this was destroyed or you can reframe that and say okay we lost this but we have an opportunity here and our opportunity is is to be able to to move forward um, in, a, in a good direction. And, you know, and I think that's – it's it's really about how we frame our thinking. And I had Alan yeah.
1: Kerr on last week, and we were talking – he was the insurance commissioner, and he mm-hmm. knows all about insurance, and he's my insurance guy. And, uh, you know, he was talking about uh, sitting down with a couple on their porch. The back of the house had just – been destroyed yeah and he looked at him and kind of smiled and he said you always were wanting to change that you told me mm-hmm. <laughs> there now you go you, now you and get, now, now you get, get to chance. do it you know yeah. Yeah. and he said it changed the whole dynamic of their conversation
2: right oh yeah and yeah. it's you know and it's not saying that that it's easy or it's not downplaying what happened um but it's like okay what are we going to focus on you know are we going to focus on how we we move forward or are we going to get stuck
1: Okay, so I got two minutes, so let me ask this question because I think it's a, a, a question needs to be addressed, and that is faith. Mm-hmm. I know you people are faith. I know both of you are. Yeah. So faith, where's God playing all this?
3: Well, you know, right now we have people mad at God because why did you do this to me? Mm-hmm. How could you do this? And uh, you know, I think that you know we we had to understand that that all things work for the good, and you think, oh my gosh, there's no good here. Yes, there is you'll make it, it good it's going to be good it's going to turn yeah. out good you know we're going to rebuild some of our areas of our city that was kind of getting older
2: well and I, and I, and uh, I, I think right mean, I don't know, I mean. but I think too it's an opportunity to um, because we are you know beings that are eternal we're an eternal spirit that has, you know, a soul and we're housed in a body. And so every, so people, even people that say they don't believe in God are looking at God right now. Come to him with your tough questions. Come to him with those things because, but don't be surprised that if like in Job, he comes back at you with a, well, what about this? And then when we really just humble ourselves and pray. And seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, mm-hmm. those self-centered ways. You know, then, you know, he will. He will shine uh,
3: upon you and make his face known.
2: Right. And, you know, and then he, and, he, and it says he will heal our land. Yeah. And I think that's exactly, I mean, I think, you know, it's a, I know that's a different, you know, meaning in that scripture. But I think things are layered, you know, and, um, but he's, he's not afraid of your questions. All right. Yeah.
1: Appreciate y'all coming in.
2: Appreciate I told and
1: I, to I said, you call them. I want to have them on. <laughs> and I said, tell them I got 10 o'clock or they can come in early, which they want. Early. Okay. <laughs> That's even better because most people don't like to come in early. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you, don't Dave. forget you can hear them on their own show on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Buster and Crystal Lackey. We appreciate them joining us. And we've got uh, Kim Hammer coming up next here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Back with you, Dave Ellswick's show, 23 minutes after 8. State Senator Kim Hammer is with us. All right, so your
5: overall feeling about the uh, the session? It was very fast-paced, got a lot of stuff done. Uh, I think we worked well with the governor. Uh, you know, she's had no previous legislative experience except for under President Trump. Uh, I think that both sides worked well together, given the fact that uh, she was new, brought in pretty much a whole new staff, and that... Uh, You know, we all wanted the same thing, or we were all trying to move toward the same thing, and so I would give it high regards as far as the amount of volume and the weight of which we got things uh, moved through. You know, when you talk about education, you talk about tax reform, uh, you talk about the prison. uh, Yeah, criminal justice. And you got to throw in that also, a new crime lab, which I've been out to the crime lab, and uh, it'd make a great movie scene for a horror movie, you know, as old Hmm. as that thing is. and. So we, we, a lot of heavy lifting, and we seized the moment. I know people are, you know, concerned about the finances uh, to a degree. I'm not sure that's all merited. Uh, two or three years down the road, we, you know, we may have to make some adjustments. Uh, but as far as where we are right now and the money that we had to work with, I think that we did some really good things with it, things that needed previ- to be done. Yeah, previous generations have, you know, neglected over the years, and this is the generation we decided to do something about it.
1: So well, we For everybody that's upset about a new prison, let me just say we needed another prison. We've got to have another prime. prison. I mean, we've increased since we built the last one. I think I, I read we, our population has gone up about 600,000 people. Just take 10% of that that, that can't live with everybody else you're talking a lot of people and there's a you cost to
6: crime it. not not you doing anything about it. crime that you know maybe you can't quantify on the books you probably could if you actually but like as far as uh, your own safety and well-being well, and how much
1: more money are you paying for insurance for your home because of the crime going up here right? in central
6: arkansas not to mention safety features like cameras that you end up buying yeah. and different things like that well yeah.
5: the You know, you don't have to go on speculation. When you look at the increased crime rate, you look at the backup in the county jails, you look at what we're currently spending in the way of parole officers. Personally, I think that before this thing is all said and done, uh, that it was a very conservative price tag that was put on that prison. But as things play out, I think as far as the demand and stress on law enforcement because they're arresting the same people over and over over and over, over. And over again, you know, and I had uh, Representative Gasway and Senator Gilmore on my show, and we talked at length about this that the uh, the reality is that if somebody does a crime, the general population wants that person to do the time. So the truth in sentencing is a good thing that uh, you know Attorney General Tim Griffin worked hard with uh, representative Gasway and Senator Gilmore and some others to get done. But you can't have truth and crime, uh, truth, truth and time, truth and crime. You can't have that if you don't have a place to put them. That's right. Unless we're going to go back to Tommy Robinson's days, which I really don't have a problem with. Unless we're going to go back to those days where we chain them up to a tree, (laughs) chain (laughs) them up to the fence. (laughs) You know,
1: public
6: displays.
5: Yeah, yeah, have a place to put them. Right. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and uh, this is good. And there is no fear. That's that's part of the issue. There is no fear in the streets by the criminal. Not for that a state they, crime. Not if they do anything wrong. There is no fear in their heart that they're going to pay the consequences of their actions. You start to see that prison go up, and you start to see the changes that are coming through what we've done this legislative session, and you're going to see fear reinstilled in, the, in, those, in their hearts uh, because they know that they're going to go down, and they're going to go down for a long time.
1: Well, you're going to serve at least— 80 percent or 85 mm-hmm. percent of your sentence but that's the that's just coming uh hooking up with what the federal government does right when they send people i mean the the prisoners were saying things like is this a state crime or a or, or a federal crime and they said state was ha, okay i can do a year mm-hmm. you well, know that
6: trickles down to even minors and their behavior how they're going to behave because if they see you know older people not doing their sentences they're when they even term, not just as minors they're not going to do the time but they're not going to think they're going to do any time or have consequences as adults so we're kind of like just empowering criminal you're
1: perpetuating
6: perpetuating situation that's exactly
1: yeah. right i wholeheartedly <clears throat> agree with it i'm happy to see that they're going to build this new prison have have you guys discussed where you want to build that
5: it's, it'll be in the requirements, and the requirements are going to drive where it can be located. The you know obviously, if you're going to build a prison that's going to take care of the 2,000 uh, inmates, you got to have staffing. That's mm-hmm. the problem we run into over in eastern Arkansas now, uh, where those prisons are out you know in a rural area, they're having to bus the employees in they're having to bust the guards in and listen nobody really wants to work inside a prison uh it's a special person and we ought to pay them honor that if they are there for any length of time working inside a prison they're doing an honorable thing Uh, but it's going to have to be geographically centered to where the manpower is there to be able to run it and the services provided to it Uh, you know there's another thing that didn't uh, get as much attention as the uh, truth and sentencing in the new prison, but we were able to get the C-STEP program um, positioned to where they can expand, and that's for the juveniles that have been adjudicated and gives the juvenile judges an opportunity to uh, be able to place uh, young individuals who are going down the wrong pathway. It gives them the ability to uh, put them over in the C-STEP program to get straightened out and they're, they're going to be able to double their capacity and for the first time ever we're going to be able to add a female unit to it as well uh, that's not ever been done in the C-STEP program so we're trying to get them younger so that we don't populate the prisons at an older generation so that's a that's a good thing doesn't get a lot of attention but we were able to get that done this session. All
1: right, With the C-STEP, uh, prog- C-STEP program uh, how does LEARNS work that's kind of hand hand in glove. Well, we'll talk about it when we okay. come back. Sitting here in the uh, the studio with me today is uh, State Senator uh, Kim Hammer. And uh, so you thought that the, the session was pretty good then?
5: Yes, I do. I think that uh, with the things that we were able to get done, that we advanced the ball for conservative values, uh, also fiscal responsibility, um, you know, the growth was maintained at 2.95, which I know that some would like to see it at zero or backwards. Uh, throw in there the mix of the inflation rate that we're dealing with, uh, but also considering that in there we, you know, have added a new prison. We're taking care of the uh, state crime lab, which is essential. You know, and that's the thing. How about much it.
1: is that going to cost?
5: that's not really been
1: talked about.
5: Yeah, I, I mean the last the last price tag for the building and don't hold me to this because it's been probably a month since I really looked at the price tag but I th- you know I think it's somewhere like 170 to you know 200 million. But you got to consider that what they've got over there is 40 years old and mm-hmm. people wonder well why do you have to spend that kind of money on the crime lab? Well, because number one they're they're not able to operate at the capacity as demanded by the need. Of the increasing crime rate because they handle the rape cates, uh, kits, they handle you know anything in the way of suspicious death. Uh, they deal with all the drug uh, uh, arrest and all the things that are going on with the increase in fentanyl and all the other drugs that are coming into the state. Uh, their morgue is right out of the 1940 horror wow. scene movie. Uh, I've been in it, and when they say they're stacked up, they mean they're stacked up. And uh, wow. So, you know, and I mean, we're asking them to do – and and with the advancement in uh, um, attorneys' ability to get people off for crimes that they committed, you want to make sure that when they complete their report out there that it is ironclad, ironproof. Uh, so when they take that evidence and they yeah. take what they've determined in the crime into the courtroom, they can get convictions of people that are really convicted – but we don't want people getting convicted that don't need to be convicted because they're innocent. And it all comes down to what happens in the crime lab. So right. it on is
4: essential.
6: <clears throat> anything 40 years old, I mean, you're basically going to have to recreate the whole thing. You know, I have to yeah. – there's not going to be a lot left there to um, build the t- on. You technology
1: alone
5: is going to be unbelievably you got, you difficult. Got, yeah, you got the you got technology. You've got to have the environment to support and maintain the technology You've got to have the room to store the evidence. That's part of their big issue. And you know they've they've tried to remodel on that building time after time. And there's only so much remodeling. And for what we've probably spent in remodeling over the years, you uh, could have built a new facility. That's right. And if we would have bit, you know, if we would have bit the bullet a couple of sessions ago and done this before, but who knew COVID was coming and what we're experiencing. But, man, the savings that would have occurred if we would have done it when we needed to do it instead of just kicking the can down the road because now it's going to cost us more. We just can't kick the can anymore down the road because it's essential to making sure that, especially truth and sentencing coming in, it's essential that we have a crime lab that can process efficiently, quickly, and correctly to make sure that we we get the job done.
1: Yeah, I used to have a guy who worked for me. At a radio station, who did the blood work mm-hmm. at the uh, crime lab, and he did part time. And mm-hmm. I, I, used to kid him. I used to call him Grissom. <laughs> uh, that was my, that was my, my, my name for him. And he loved it, though. He loved it. Well, he you tell me the, when I walk out. You, know, <laughs> you, know, you don't want to know. Uh, you know. but I'm just saying. It's just it. You know, he used to. I used to talk to him about it off the record, and uh, he would tell me horror stories about what went on out there and what they were asked to do with what they had to do it with.
6: Well, remodeling is like putting a, a part in a car when it breaks down when you know that it's an older car and things are just going to keep breaking down and you basically end up spending more money than you wanted to buy. Hey, way. you know my car situation. <laughs> i got the work car out there still
5: hey you're the only guy i know that carries a box of band-aids in your car not for you but for your car that's That's right
1: absolutely big band i got duct tape in my car for mine yeah all right so what
5: are what are some of the
1: things that didn't get done that you were hoping that you all would be able to maybe talk at least talk about a little bit and start making some
5: movements towards it i'll be honest with you um that's a hard question because I th- we got a lot of stuff done. Yeah. Um, we, we moved some heavy lifts through. Well, education uh, was one big, big lift. I, I will tell you there's one thing that didn't get done, and and I carried the bill on the Senate end. Uh, Bruce Kozart, who's the former House Chair of Education, uh, started the bill. He was the author of the bill, and that is a, uh, a revamping of the way in which we fund schools. The, the matrix. The The matrix. Bruce put a lot of time in on that matrix. Uh, he modeled it after Tennessee. We couldn't get it, it. And and that was the other thing people need to realize. Uh, between the, uh, the the LEARNS Act sucked up so much time, and the staff can only do so much when it comes to drafting the bills. And so a lot of the time that normally would have been available to staff to work on other things, some projects got put off until after the LEARNS Act was fully you know, develop. Now, I know that came fairly early in the session, but then when you take something like what Bruce Cozart was working on with the restructuring of the matrix to make it a fairer process, to make it a better distribution of the funding, um, I don't think it got the justice that it deserved because it was not able to be heard. In fact, it was the day before we adjourned. No, it was the day, let me get that right, it was the day we adjourned. That was my first opportunity to present it on the Senate floor, and it failed. So now we're going to go in, and we're going to have to work with what is currently in law, which is the old model, which a lot of people didn't like and have complained. I've sat through those meetings. Mm -hmm. You know, and on education, I've sat through those meetings. A lot of people complained about the matrix model that we have now and how it's not equitable as far as distribution and it can be improved on. Bruce brought a better product to the table but just because it came in so late in the game, it wasn't able to get through. So we're going to have to kind of do a, a dual parallel. we got to, we got to work on what's going to be a new method going forward, knowing we don't have the enforcement of the law to do it, while we have to operate under the old system that everybody's been complaining about for a long time. So I wish his legislation could have got through. We just didn't have time.
1: All right. Now, I talked with Mark Johnson about this yesterday. And there's been a lot of people complained, I don't know, Mary Bentley and others, who have said they voted for pay increases for years, and the money never got to the teachers. Uh, I was ex- It was explained to me that the way the LEARNS Act was written, uh, that that money is specifically given to the teachers, and superintendents have to see that money go <laughs> to the teachers. Is that Right
5: it is restructured but that's you know we're talking we're talking learns act and we're talking matrix two totally different creatures okay they they reflect on each other but so the, the learns act doesn't flow through the matrix is what you, is that right the the learns act and the funding that comes with the learns act is has some direct implications to it in the teacher salary for example okay that it's got to be the 50,000 minimum And then it's got to be uh, it's up to the individual school district to work out how they're going to take care of their senior teachers with regards to the two grand. Well, you know, the two two grand was dictated, Okay. but that that doesn't mean that individual schools through the revisiting of their budgeting process can't put more with that in order to reward those experienced teachers. It does put a, a challenge on the school districts to try to find that funding within their budget and determine what's important to them as far as okay we think teachers are the best investment we can make we need to stop doing these things in order to take that money and put it toward investing in our teachers.
1: You know, I have to I laugh a little bit as I listen to people talking about that because this is this is the issue that I always get into when people talk about minimum wage And I always say if you raise somebody's salary to a certain position, everybody over those people are going to want some extra money, too.
6: Well, that's what the teachers were complaining about when I went down to the Capitol and talked to them outside. Yeah, but they would have argued
1: with me. They would have argued with me last year when I was saying that a minimum wage is a stupid way of doing things. right.
6: Well, they didn't have a lot of good answers to, to give no, me. That was you know, yeah. <laughs> but that was that was one of the things is we shouldn't be making the same as an intern, you know, someone entering into the teaching positions.
5: You know why we're dealing with this? My opinion. My opinion is the reason we're dealing with this is because over the years, the money that's been given to the schools through the matrix, the matrix has not been followed. That's right. And it's payday someday, and this is the day that we s- stop and say, okay. Y'all haven't been doing it, so we're going to do it. Some schools have done it better than others. I mean, granted, there are schools out there that that followed the recommendations closely, and they are the ones – in fact, what's kind of irritating about this too is that you've got about 25 schools out there that have been doing the right thing all along and trying to get those school districts up to what are now the, you know, 50,000-plus and and really inadvertently, they are the ones that are going to be punished because they're not going to get the portion of the funding oh, that they're to make up they're, for it. Yeah, to make up for it. So you got a school that maybe has been, uh, you know, say at thirty six thousand. All of a sudden, they're all going to get bumped up to fifty. You got schools out there that were trying to work toward that fifty, and they're not going to get that equal share. Uh, and they almost would have been better off not to have tried to do anything at all because it would have been made up for them out of the money that we're going to <laughs> give them.
1: All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. Don't forget about Pat Davis, your health plan man. Look, I'm not going to sit here and beg you. All right, you want to save money? You'll go with Pat Davis. You'll get a call. You'll give him a call. Talk to him about your health insurance. Find out how not to have a copay. Find how not to have to be paying big dollars uh, up front uh, before even your insurance kicks in. And uh, finding out that uh, you could have saved 30 to 50 percent on your health insurance right off the bat, finding out that if you did the math for the, uh, a year, uh, if you add in all the money you save, you're going to save uh, you know seven, nine, ten, thousand dollars individually if you're a small business, maybe 15, 20, 2,5,000 dollars. So what I'm going to suggest is you call or text Pat. And talk to him. Just talk to him. And learn how you can save some money. Uh, 501-605-6935. Call or text at that number or 501-605-6935 and get all the answers that you need. Or visit him online. Your Health Plan Man. That's one word. YourHealthPlanMan.com Let's talk about a couple of things. Uh, The income tax cut four nine to four seven then uh, you, you did some more for business as well. Bottom line, a lot of people say, well why are you gonna do it well it's so small well you you got incrementally you're gonna do it and you got to understand why they did what they did. 4 hundred seventy million maybe for a prison, hundred and whatever million dollars for a new crime lab. who knows yet how much for Uh, education so you want to make sure you don't put yourself in a pickle
5: we are sitting with a uh, and and also don't forget we moved some money to help take care of the um the food needs in the school um that was something senator dismay worked on and and part of the issue with that is you've got parents that bottom line they're not paying their bill um, or they can't afford to or they become accustomed to it being free during the covid era and so that transition, that retraining taking place, so we went into the Restricted Reserve Fund, I believe it was. We pulled some of that money out to help take care of it. But as far as the 4.9 to 4.7, people see all this big money sitting around, and they have that perception that that big money is going to be there forever. We No. Have, no, uh, because that big money came as a result of the public health emergency, which now is no longer there. and. People have gotten accustomed to a lot of this money coming into the state. You know, as as fiscally sound uh, conservative Republicans, the one thing we need to do is we look two years out and we say, where do we think we're going to be two years now? Because we don't want to have a hard landing. We want to come in for a soft landing. So we're giving as much as we feel that we can now, taking care of needs that have been kicked down the road for a long time, and this is the day that we're facing getting those things done we're blessed to have the surpluses that we've had and yet we want to make sure that we have surpluses in there so in the event this thing comes in for a hard landing we can set the plane down softly because some states are just going to nosedive we're just trying to glide in in the event that that goes away so we're always projecting two years out so we've got time to react to what we do
1: all right i want you to talk a little bit about something that uh, mark johnson talked about yesterday is that the Income tax uh, cut that we got, though it's small, will uh, go back to the beginning of this year.
5: Yes, it is retroactive back to the first of the year. Uh, we've got the money to be able to do that right now. Uh, again, uh, you know what people need to do is think about all that we were able to do this session and the price tag that came with everything we did the fact that and I'm going to give a lot of credit to uh, uh, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Jonathan Dismaine, uh, Senator Jimmy Hickey. Uh, also, um, oh shoot, uh, House Chairman of Budget, uh, Lane Jean, uh, those three guys have, have hawked the budget, and they have put some real good measures in place to get us the money that we've got stored up, but also to make sure that the money that's going to go out to take care of these big-ticket projects is there without uh, bankrupting us or putting us in an awkward way like some other states have been. Uh, in the past, you know, cause they gave, we're moving in the right direction. It may not be at the speed people want to move, but the last thing I want to have happen is come back in a session or two and say, uh, we kind of screwed up here. We got to, we got to reinstate some of those taxes.
1: Okay. So you got some exciting things coming up. It's going to take three years to integrate the, uh, the learns act into education mm-hmm. here in the state. Uh, that should give you plenty of time to make changes as you go along, don't you feel?
5: Well, and that was one of the things that when it came through the Senate side, uh, I asked a lot of questions about, you know, the Fair Teacher Dismissal Act. Uh, granted, I talked to teachers, believe it or not, teachers talked to me that want to see bad teachers got gotten rid of, and they can't, you know, they couldn't under the current one. But I also had, you know, uh, some superintendents talk to me and say, hey, we we went from one extreme to the other so one of the things I advocated for was to put a little bit of a safety gap in there you know where they got to go before the school board to be finally terminated right um, well
1: that makes sense
5: well it's fair you know yeah it's i fair. agree with you uh and then the other thing is that the learns act has to go through the rulemaking process the majority of the, the majority of the learns act will have to go through what's called the rulemaking process which i was chair of rules last time i hope to get back this time Uh, And that means that the details are just hammered out through a very – and public comment will be able to be issued in on these rules. They're setting up these, you know, work groups that that, uh, they're going to, you know, organize. This is going to be a process that's going to take several years for the full effect of it to to be felt. But at least we are moving and we're not high-centered.
1: Well, if you're still in that uh, position, just remember you'll be dancing with the devil at times. (laughs) At least you'll be close. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your enemies close. That's the way it always works. We're yeah. out of time. Thanks so much for coming in. I know that you' it's been a trying session for you at times.
5: but it's been a it's been a good session. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm happy with what we got done. You always want to get a little more done. Uh, but I think we were there long enough, and it was time to go. All right, <laughs>
1: appreciate you. Thanks so much, Kim Hammer, Thank State you. Senator. Appreciate him coming in. Going to talk China next. We talk about the important things here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Carifano, I've been looking forward to this since I read uh, what uh, the folks at uh, Heritage <laughs> have been doing about China. I've been talking about China for a long time, Aaron. I've been talking about China before you were just a mad gleam in your daddy's <laughs> eye. Uh, China is dangerous. They have been dangerous for a long time. Uh, it's taken us a long time to get past that that belief system that we had, and we can talk to Mr. Carrafano about this, about what came when Nixon and Kissinger went to China and they went behind the bamboo curtain and and started talking about well if we bring free market enterprise to china they'll become more democratized that's what everybody thought i thought that i noble idea you know and well in my in my at that time my more uh, libertarian uh, viewpoint i thought that if you gave people a, a choice they'd go with freedom right i forgot what uh, i was told when i interviewed uh, uh from uh from Russia I'm trying to think of his name now I just I I lost his his name but uh he it was one of the major dissidents uh uh during the 80s and I asked him why the russian people weren't you know yelling for freedom and he says you can't tell uh, a man that he's dying of thirst if he's never tasted water
6: right freedom was a foreign concept
1: completely to yeah. these people as well i mean you know how much I know about uh, you know China, The Good Earth. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I read it in high school. All right, they're, they're not like The Good Earth anymore, except in about two thirds of the country, I believe. Yeah. Is that is that right, James? Are they still in in that kind of a of a of a culture uh, out in the rural areas of China?
7: You know, it's interesting. You read that. You know, that was actually one of the most formative books that I read when I was young as well, and. And there is a lot of relevance there. I mean, as we have a evil communist Chinese regime, but it overlays over centuries of Chinese society, which has traditionally been unfair and inauthentic and and marginalized the life of everyday Chinese people. And, And this government absolutely continues in that tradition. And so I am sympathetic to people who argue that the the problems in China are deeper than the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, and if the Chinese Communist Party vanished tomorrow, you know China would necessarily be a good actor. I mean, look, look for example at Vietnam. Vietnam still in the communist government. We fought a decade-long war in Vietnam, took a, a, a huge casualties, did enormous injury to in the United States. We get along pretty well with the Vietnamese government today, and for the very simple reason they were. Well, they respect our interests, and 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 their interests are no concern of ours. China directly challenges the interests, the safety, prosperity, uh, and peace and security of the American people.
1: Well, on, on that yeah, on that whole Heritage Foundation uh, section that you guys have done about China, when you do the overview, the first thing that you make a statement about is. We've been in a Cold War with China for years because China had decided that they wanted a Cold War, even though we hadn't decided we wanted a Cold War. Well, if they wanted a Cold War, we're at war with them now, correct?
7: I, I think that's exactly right. There's a old thing that the enemy gets a vote. And in this case, China has decided that our prosperity, our freedom, our security – are the single greatest obstacle to the expansion of Chinese power and influence, and that anything that diminishes the United States is good for China. So yeah, we are literally enemy number one in China. And their entire foreign policy is structured around weakening, destroying, and undermining the United States. And, and they have been so in our face about that in the last decade that anyone who's argues that we can find a middle way with China is is literally just you know not whistling past the graveyard they are digging their grave in the graveyard the the White House spokesperson just got up today and said well we need to find a way to get back to a reasonable conversation with China no we don't they're our enemy and they're out to destroy us this is like saying we need to have Hannibal Lecter over for dinner and argue about the menu (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know
1: how that's gonna end. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Isn't it weird, though, that when you go back and, you know, I'm old enough that I remember the Cold War with the Soviet Union. Uh, the people in the United States knew we were at war with the Soviet Union. What's so hard for us to understand we're at war with China? Well,
7: you know, it's interesting, particularly among younger uh, voters, which, which interestingly you know, lean very heavily to the left and are very pro-Joe Biden, although Biden's incredibly weak on China. Part of the reason for that is this is a generation which doesn't even really remember 9-11, which doesn't have a very visceral reaction to the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. It doesn't get the risks that you confront when you get your national security wrong. And so for Biden, for example, to, on the one hand, acknowledge that TikTok is an agent of the Chinese government and is a direct threat to the national security of the United States, yet turns around and says part of his reelection strategy yeah. is recruiting, recruiting influencers on TikTok
4: mm-hmm. to campaign for
7: him. And people like used to literally get up and say, well, we cannot ban TikTok because young people like it. Yeah. Right? So they're feeding this pathology that, I mean, whether it's $6 trillion debt or any other nonsense they do, that literally, as long as they as their heart is in a good place, they can do any reckless behavior whatsoever, then it dangers my peace and security, and it's quote unquote cool. Yeah. And young people who haven't, you know, done ducking cover drills under their desks or, mm. um, you know, they. They don't get you. Know, you, know, Reagan, you know Reagan's famous saying: "You, know, the loss of freedom is only a generation away." Like, right. They don't get that. They don't believe that. They just believe that no matter what happens, everything's going to be cool. They're going to forgive their student loan They're going to get to be any one of eighty-five genders that they want to, and there's, and there's no consequences for any of
1: this. I'm, I'm with you, man. You know what I remember about Reagan? You know, trust but verify. That's what, yeah. <laughs> that's,
4: that's what
1: I remember.
7: Invoking, you know, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not invoking Reagan. I get that most people have no memory of Reagan whatsoever. I know. Country. I get that. That's not the point. The point is, is this community, this nation exists because we invest and we care about it. This administration wants to exploit and destroy it. And they they really, truly, in their heart of hearts, when they say their prayers at night, if they pray, they really believe that global governance and abolishing America is the most important thing we can do, and that the country is evil. And they've seen this to young kids, and young kids believe that. And you know, they might as well just go out and take heroin, because the destructive impact on their life is going to be pretty much the same.
1: Boy, I can never say that any better than you just said. Yeah. That was that was powerful, powerful. James Carafano is our guest. He is from the Heritage uh, Foundation. I want you to go to heritage.org, heritage.org, and look at this special, uh, massive report that they've written about China. And, yeah, it's going to take you a few minutes to read it, but read it because it is an eye-opener for you. It really is. I've been trying to open your eyes up for a long time, Confucius Institutes and all the other crap uh, that the Chinese have been doing here in the United States. I mean, we had a, a Confucius Institute at the University of uh, Central Arkansas, and everybody <laughs> thought I was nuts when I said, close it down. Well, they were, they were in there trying to get people to become agents of the Chinese government, and they found it out. They finally found it out, and the state government got rid of it. Good for them. They needed to go. It's nine fifteen. We're going to come back talk to James some more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about QC Kinetics. Uh, we're talking about if you've been living with chronic pain, knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain. Mine is shoulder pain. I live with baseball every day of my life. Uh, this is a new regenerative treatment that's now available here in Little Rock. A hundred clinics nationwide. One of them now is here in Little Rock. Regenerative medicine uses highly concentrated healing agents from your own body. They go in and get them, and they use those to uh, form a powerful treatment that we can restore and repair damaged tissue in your joints so you can move again without pain, and you can do it without surgery or steroids or pain pills. So if you've got pain in your knees, your shoulder, your hip, your back, you need to check out these new treatments they can actually help your body restore and repair itself so schedule your free consultation with the local medical professionals at qc kinetics 501-222-8440 that's 501-222-8440 qc kinetics 501-222-8440 here with James Kirifonol from the Heritage Foundation again let me remind you go to heritage o-r-g and read this report it's important that you read this report okay so we talked about first of all understanding we're 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 at war with with uh, china whether we we want to be or not because china's already declared cold war on us with that knowledge uh james how do we disconnect i mean we we hear people saying disconnect 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 but i don't see any big moves to disconnect
6: decouple well wh-
7: so if you go, to, and it's, it, it's a plan. I mean, I know people talk about think tanks putting out a report. We didn't just put out say, here's a problem, here's what to do. We put out a complete plan of how do you protect the U.S. against China, which is right. a combination of doing things to protect us, but also going after the Chinese and diminishing their power and their capacity to come after this. And, and we talk about not only what to do, we talk about how to do it, we talk about the impact each will have, And we talk about how to work with friends and and allies in accomplishing that. And the reason why we did that is is I just sat everybody down in the room. There's about 40 people that contributed to putting this whole thing together. And I said, look, tell me exactly what needs to be done to win, not to survive, not to make them play nice, but to win against China. And don't tell me about the politics, like you can do this, you can't do that. Just tell me what does it take to win. And we put all that together. It's like 100 different components. Or points, and then we put it in this thing, so nobody can argue like, "Well, we don't have a plan, and we don't know what we, we need to do." And, there's, and there are tough things, and there we need to do. It's about um, per, so you know some of these things we talk about all the time. You mentioned Confucius universities. China is essentially conducting an assault on the American university system to control it, to exploit it, to manipulate yep. it. Um, we, we just need to stop all that. I mean, I actually wanted to start out with just banning all Chinese students in the United States. So, There are like three hundred thousand Chinese students here. We've talked out of that, but we can do some very powerful things. There are things. What do we do about companies like the National Basketball Association and Mm -hmm. movies that that want to kowtow to to Chinese sensitivities?
1: How about Hollywood?
7: Propaganda. Exactly. And so we talked about that. We talked about why are our pension funds, our our money, being sent to China to make money for the Chinese? so they can then take that money that they make off of our pension funds and invest it in building weapons that one day they want to use to kill our men and women in uniform. Why are we doing that?
1: Man. I just, you guys are on, on to something. Have you, have you talked to the, uh, the Congress to talk to them if they, they want the, uh, this bipartisan committee? Do they want you to come and talk to them about this?
7: Yeah, we, we talk a lot to Congress, particularly to the committee, and and this is our message, is you know what? You can find hundreds of bills on China. Almost all of them have no co-sponsors. You know, co-sponsor is basically, oh yeah, I support this too, right? Mm-hmm. So submit it, right? And they're all messaging bills. Democrat, Republican, hmm. do this, do that. And we're like, if you guys can't, and girls, if you can't get past that, mm-hmm. messaging on China and actually start legislating on China in the right way. Well, you know, so, you know, for example, they passed this bill It's called CHIPS. And they said, well, this is a yeah. bill to combat, you know, Chinese exploitation of CHIPS and improve our national security. You actually, and it was passed in a bipartisan manner. We actually read the bill. However, it's just corporate greed and giveaway. There's actually nothing in there actually combating from China. matter of fact, there's nothing in there that prevents the company from taking millions of dollars from the U.S. government to combat China and then turn around and invest in China. So all this, look, look, we, you know, again, we just saw this from the president of the United States who said, I support a ban on TikTok because it is a national security threat. And then the president of the United States announced, and we're going to potential all the TikTok influences to help with our re-election
1: campaign. Mm-hmm.
6: An army of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's going to use thousands of people on that. I agree. I agree. So, where are we on this, James? I mean, I've known that they're our enemy. I remember the, the Cold War against the Soviet Union. It's totally different. Uh, we fought it totally different than what we're doing right now. People don't see China as as a, as an enemy. They, they see them as a tag in their shirt.
6: People used to call well, us.
7: I, I, see, here's the, this is the problem, which is actually, you know, I tell people, look, Americans don't care about foreign policy unless you we're know, in an attack like World War II or the Korean War or something, or we got you know Americans overseas fighting in trenches. The reality is is Americans don't see China as a foreign policy issue. Mm-hmm. They see it as a domestic issue. They see it as something that directly impacts them. And Americans want this country to be tough on China. The problem is not the American people. They are ready to be led. The problem is to be honest with you, the policy of this administration is to talk tough on China but do as little as possible about China because they are—they think that they're going to find a way to cooperate with China and their high priest is John Kerry who says, well, China's really going to help us on dealing with climate, which, of course, they're the world's <laughs> it's laughable. biggest polluter. It's not funny because they're
4: serious.
7: Yeah. The world's biggest polluter and all they want to do is make us dependent, more dependent on them, by buying technologies which only they manufacture.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: And it is it is a ludicrous it is a ludicrous concept it, at at its face. But, but not surprising from a guy who jets all over the world in his private jet and talks about you know we all have to eat bugs and and walk to work because we can't afford to be creating a carbon footprint. But we have an administration that thinks. That the answer is, we're we're going to find ways to cooperate with China, and we're not. they are the enemy. You know, this so remind, remember de It yes. was all going to be fine because we because we had geniuses like Nixon and Kissinger, and we were going to coop. We were going to find ways to coexist yep. with the Soviet Union. Yeah, there was only one problem with that idea. The Soviet Union had no interest in coexisting with us.
1: That's correct.
7: And this is China. You have to understand. This is visceral for them. They, they believe, and they're probably right, that if if China democratized and become wealthy, and and, and they had Western die, that people would throw the Communist Party out. Yeah. They're never going to permit. They're never going to normalize relations with us because they think that's a death warrant for them. And you know what? They're right. It is. I mean, there's a reason why the. In, The Iranians and the uh, Russians, they just said, well, let's just figure out a way to get along. Because getting along means, in the end, their system will be destroyed, and they know that.
1: Wow. James, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to have you on in the future again. I'm going to keep beating this job, uh, this drum, until somebody pays attention.
7: Well, that'd be awesome, because I love Little Rock. So, you know, even though it's just kind of a virtual being in Little Rock, it's still pretty cool.
1: It's a great place. You got to come. I'll take you. you. Like you like really good barbecue. I,
7: I do. You know I I lived. You know I was in the military for twenty five years and I had numerous tours in Forts, Oklahoma. So I could stand there longingly and look. <laughs> you know, but Arkansas was over the horizon there, but I never could quite get it.
1: Well, we'll we'll bring you down here maybe to do a lunch and uh, talk about China, and I'll I'll buy you some great great barbecue. How's that yeah. sound? Well, that'd be awesome. All right. all right. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your call. Thank you very much, James Caravano, here on the Dave Elswick Show. The man knows more about Russia and his little finger than I do in my whole body. Yeah. I love having him on, and you heard him. You know, forty-something people in a room. All right. Let's not write a, uh, a a presentation about how we can coexist with China. Let's write a presentation about how we beat China. Yeah, See that? They have new no interest. That resonates in with me. All right. right? My my uh, my athletic. Part of me resonates when I hear somebody say, let's beat somebody. It's okay. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And and like I said, I lived through the Cold War with, with Russia. And I could see all the indications of the same thing going on with China, except that so many people couldn't see it with me.
6: Well, there's a big difference now. Even at the we would coalesce around the United States. You know, even the kids were, you know, Red Dawn. This, that, and the other, yep. you know, the movies. So, but now we have such a drop in patriotism and care for what we actually should appreciate that we won't know till it's gone, unfortunately. And if we allow it to slip away or be beaten
0: we'll never by the get Chinese, it back.
6: we'll never get it back. We're the yeah. last bastion.
0: That's the way it works